0: We are going to welcome a pastor, seven of them who are going to be preaching to us and we're going to take them in segments of two. Uh, Baruti Barona, we're going to be doing the, f- uh, the seven words that Jesus said when he was on the cross. Hallelujah. Let us put our hands together and welcome Pastor Moresi Goia. Let's welcome also Pastor Musa Kanyile. Let's welcome Pastor George Smith. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Sibeko. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Buta Van Vick. Let's put our hands for Pastor Given Ashabataha. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Tebu Hosingwai. So let's put our hands together now. For Pastor Moresi Koiya, uh, who will be followed by P- Pastor Musa Kanyile.
1: Amen. On behalf of all the pastors, I just want to thank Bishop, wherever he is. Bishop, thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to come and share the word of God. I'm here to come and share about the first word of Jesus Christ. And we find it in Luke 22:34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do Jesus looked down from the cross upon a scene Which he didn't like The Roman soldiers were gambling for his clothes According to John chapter 19 The criminals on the cross on either side of him Were reviling him The religious leaders were mocking him And the crowd was blaspheming him And he was surrounded by people that hated him And yet he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, he was passionate about you. The words that he said, it was a prayer that came from the bottom of his heart. Let me tell you brothers and sisters, when Jesus said this, he was actually denied by everyone. Everyone had actually deserted him and he decided he was going to break the silence. And the way he broke the silence, he was singing about all of us. He decided he was going to pray unto God and he would say, Father, forgive them, forgive them. Forgive them, Father. For you do not know what they are doing. But why did Jesus have to say, Father, forgive them? For we know the cross is where forgiveness is found. Forgiveness is where we find, it's where the cross was actually manifested. And because Jesus said that, we know that we can get forgiveness from the cross. In this last hour, Jesus was thinking of the loss, he was full of compassion. All what we had in his heart, it was me and you. In this last hour, Jesus was thinking of how am I going to reconcile them to God? Because we can only be reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus that gives us forgiveness. In this last hour, Jesus was showing his love because the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. In this last la- last, last hour jesus was showing the mercy of god we serve a merciful god we serve a merciful oh god can i have a hallelujah can i have an amen hallelujah and when jesus cried on he says father forgive him he knew that he was coming to fulfill the purpose that god has given him he knew that through his suffering he is going to get and show that the, the sin is removed he knew that that the curse of death will be removed. He knew that he would purchase us all by the power in his blood. And let's say hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. And lastly, we know through forgiveness that Jesus, when he was shouting, Father, forgive me. He was actually talking about the compassion of God. When he said, Father, forgive them. It was unconditional love that was coming from him. Because God loves us so much. When Jesus was on the cross, people wanted to make sure that he doesn't go and die for us. Because they kept on saying, come down, come down. But Jesus decided, because of you, because of the love that I have for you, I will stay on the cross. The Bible tells us, as he was staying on the cross, they were gambling. And they were, they were they were mocking him. But because he was thinking of each and every one of you. Because he was thinking that I need to reconcile them. Because he was thinking they need to come back to the Father. He decided I'm going to stay on the cross. This is the greatest love. The greatest compassion of Jesus. That when he said, Father forgive them. It was a prayer. A prayer that he prayed unto God. That where I am I can save them. But Father you can save them. Can I have a hallelujah somebody? And as we continue, because of God's forgiveness, we are welcome into the kingdom of God. Because of the forgiveness of God, God says, "Come unto me, all who are heavily laden." Because of the forgiveness of God, those that receive Christ, they become children of God. Because of the forgiveness of God, we know that God's love is unconditional, and we can be called children of God. Forgiveness is the expression. Of God's love. Can I have an amen somebody? So Jesus, he came to earth for the purpose of forgiving sinners. And he loved them and forgave them unto the end. So forgiveness is eternal. Jesus will forgive you and forgive you and forgive you and forgive you and forgive you. And, forgive you. and therefore, we just want to thank you for we, even when he was on the cross... He was thinking about you, about you, about you, about you. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.
2: Verily, verily, I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. This is the second word that Jesus spoke when he hung on the cross. It is a conversation that is struck between three people that are set set before them death. Two of them are the thieves. Two of them are criminal. One of them is set for destiny to redeem the whole work back to God. And this is Jesus. Two of them are worthy of their sin. And two of them are worthy to die. Because the wages of sin is death. Jesus say to one of the criminals, Verily, verily I say unto you, Today, I will be with you in paradise. Jesus is setting a man free who's worthy to die. He has lived his life with all sin and with all criminality. The world has condemned him. The world has said, it has judged him and said, You are have to die. But Jesus is saying, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today, you shall be with me in paradise. Jesus, why are you redeeming a man that is already hanging on the cross? Firstly, let's look at the first criminal that sends and says to Jesus, Jesus, if you are the Messiah that you say you are, save yourself. And while you're at it, that's how the Bible puts it, it says, while you're at it, save us. Jesus is even scoffed. At the hour of his purpose. This very same thief. That could cry for redemption to Jesus. Is scoffing Jesus and saying. If you can. Redeem us too. But the second man speaks and says how can you say this because this man that we stand next to is has not done anything wrong because if you remember the Bible tells us it says he who knew no sin was made sin for our sake yet he who was not a curse was cursed for our sake so that we are called the righteousness of God and Jesus said to this man you have repented of your sins You have acknowledged of my kingdom. Because this man had said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus says to this man, today I will be with you in paradise. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus takes the platform of forgiving people, he doesn't say, I will think about it. He doesn't say, maybe tomorrow. He doesn't say, maybe the other day. He says, today I will be with you in paradise. This word is the word of salvation unto humanity. The scholars of the Bible say, this is the word of salvation because Jesus saved the man at the hour of death and said, today you will live forever. Even if you had not even been going to church but because you have redeemed yourself by acknowledging my kingdom and repented of your sins, I make sure that you will be with me in
1: paradise
2: it is a puzzle of time because jesus was about to be laid down for three days but he says to this man today you will be with me in paradise this is the son of god who's saying i redeem you this other man had rejected the cross for the cross had not rejected him Whenever we reject God, God never rejects us. To the hour of our death, God calls us back to him and says, I am the God who made you. I am the God who loves you. So today, you could have sinned as many times as you have forgotten. You have lost account of the wrong things that you have done. But Jesus says, if you were to repent, if you were to repent, if you were to repent of your sin and acknowledge the King of glory, Jesus, He's calling back and saying, today, you will be with him in paradise. In closing, life comes from God. Jesus says to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If there is life, life is even beyond the, this lifetime that we are in. When we die, there's life that never ends. If you do not, if you do not accept Jesus as a Lord and Savior, hell stands before you like the other thief. But if you accept Jesus, yes, salvation comes unto you, and you will be with the Son of God in the eternity. What is Jesus saying to you today? Repent, and this is what he will say to you. <speaking in Hebrew> We We Amen. Let's
0: bless him. Amen and amen. For the third and the fourth words that Jesus said when he was on the cross, we're going to call Pastor George Smith followed by Pastor Enoch Sibeth.
3: Amen. Good afternoon. Hallelujah.
0: I'm dealing with the third
3: word, John 19, verses 26. It reads as follows. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved stand nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to his disciple, See, here is your mother. From that time on, his disciple took her into his house. Hallelujah. Here the Lord changes his tone. He's is now speaking to religious people. Speaking to people that saw his pain. People that walked with him. People that saw his labor. Yeah, he speaks to Virgin, the Virgin Mary. Whom the angel appeared to. said, you shall bring forth a son. And you shall call him Jesus. Because he is the one that will set my people free. Yeah, his mother stands. Looking at a son that was petted and bruised that was spat upon, that was slapped, a son that had no dignity left, and people wanted to kill him. And a mother stands helpless, looking up, and he looks down, and he sees his mother, mother full of pain, trying to see, how can I help my child? How can I fight this last battle to make the pain a little bit less? And Jesus looks down, and he looks at his mother, And he thinks for himself and say, I cannot depart and leave my mother destitute. And when a man die, you have to separate yourself from the physical. And here Jesus is busy separating the physical from the spiritual. He separates the spiritual and say, I'm going to see my father, but my mother can never be left destitute. So he calls upon John. And you here today as well. You need to have somebody in your life. You need to have somebody you can call to in the hour of trouble in the tower when you cannot turn your back anywhere that you call on and say here is my mother. Here is the one that brought me here. Here is the one that saw my pain. Here is the one that ran when there was no wine left at the wedding function and she called him, on him having confidence that he's a miracle working Lord. He's a miracle working Savior knowing that what he called." into existence what we do not see we will see with our eyes and here he calls on John says John here is your mother and he says to her mother here is your son And so today the time and the hour that we're living in Our mothers are destitute Our wives are destitute Our daughters are destitute Because we have forgotten And we have left off what Christ said Christ said that every young man should look after his mother You should be able to say here is my mother She will not go and sleep without food Here is my daughter The supply will be sufficient And so I will follow the example of Christ And make sure that my mother is provided for. So I speak to you here in Soweto today, all those that are religious people, those that have confessed Christ, your responsibility is to make sure your mothers don't go without food, your mothers don't sleep on, on the street, your mothers receive for what they have labored. And I trust today that the Lord will help you as we think about the third word that the Lord Je- our Lord Jesus Christ spoke when he hung on the cross, when he had no hope, where he was full of pain, where he was bruised, where he had so much pain on his body, but his mind went down to his mother and he said, I will honor her. I will respect her. I will make sure that my mother is a person that's honored after a labor." in accepting a youth and giving up a youth and saying that I will do what the Lord has said. And so she was the one that brought him here and that is the one that stood and looked at him and remembered he has come to save you. He has come to save me. And our lives today should be in his life. And so we would also end our race making sure that we make heaven. May the Lord bless you.
4: ...in the book of Matthew 27, verse 46... ...and the Lord Christ said... ...Eloi, Eloi... Lama ...Mudimuaka, Mudimuaka... ...Ana unkwelezi. ...this was an actual withdrawal... ...of the Father's favor and communion from the Son... ...the penalty of Adam's transgression... ...was not only on death... ...but separation from God... ...he bore our sins... ...he took penalty of in all areas... ...and so it was necessary that the father should hide himself as though he had been a sinner. You see, when Jesus hung on the cross, he took my infirmities, he took my sicknesses, he took all my diseases, and on top of it, he took all my sin so that I can become a child of God. The father cannot coexist with sin. That, that is why in the garden, he had to make provision for the blood to be shed. That is why through the Old Testament we learn how the priest will go out and shed the blood so that there may be remission of sins. But on the cross, he became the final sacrifice so that you and I can have remission of sins. You see, on that day, the sun could not stand to look at him. The rocks could not stand to look at him. Even the earth could not stand to look at him because the son, the creator of the heaven and earth, was, was, was feeling the pain and was distressed. Of the pain of sin that had come upon him. So that you and me can be set free. Hallelujah. But it was destiny for us that was being rearranged. So that we can go and have a passport for us to enter into heaven. When God forsake him, he did it for you and me. In the book of John chapter 1 verses 29. This is what John says. There is the lamb of God that takes away our sins. Come on today as you come here to the stadium and you encounter the cross. You see salvation had to come through him being forsaken. You don't need to be separated anymore. Jesus says, come to me all of you who are weary and heavily burdened and I will give you rest. So today, choose. Make a decision today to choose and go to God who has forsaken him so that you will be forgiven. So that you will be loved. So that you may be reconciled.
0: Back to him. Amen. The cross is powerful. Amen. Let's welcome for the fifth word and the sixth word Pastor Buta Van Vaek, followed by Pastor Given Matabasha. Mashabatak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah,
5: hallelujah The fifth word From the book of John chapter 19 Verse 28 to 29 Now in biblical numerology You would know that number 5 Stands for grace And we serve a graceful God Even when he's on the cross, he's still graceful. John chapter 19, verse 28 reads as follows that, and as Jesus knew that the time has come to completion and the prophecy to be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now, Jesus being the creator of heaven and earth Jesus being the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God He didn't have to be subjected to all of these, But he went through all this suffering for our own sake The Bible says, as he said these words, a soldier gave him the sour wine and it was on a hyssop reed that they put sponge on. They gave him a sour wine and thought that this would help. But Jesus, because he had to go through what he went through so that we could go to where we have to go to. And our destiny is salvation. So Jesus went through the pain so that we could gain salvation. In the Old Testament, first Passovers was he saw branches that they were supposed to use to put the blood of Jesus or the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorpost. It was the blood of the Passover lamb that saved the people of God. But this time, the people of God had the God of the people present. And the God of the people could not stand the suffering of his people. And the Bible says Jesus experienced real and physical humanity to identify with us. A soul that is separated from God is a thirsty soul. And he is here today to quench our thirst. Son is the main separation between man and God but it is only the blood of Jesus that serves as a connector. Jesus came to complete a commission. Today people suffer from spiritual dehydration. We need Jesus. We need him to make our lives to be lives that are worth living. Now, Jesus, the same Jesus who was on the cross, one day he turns water into wine. But today he's telling, he's telling us that I thirst. It was not because of his need But it was because he had to meet our needs Jesus told the Samaritan woman That she will not thirst again In John chapter 6 verse 19 The same Jesus walks on the water We have brought a message today that is in the seven words because Jesus works on the numbers and seven stands for completion. He has completed our salvation even before we can repent. When we come to him and we drink of this water, We can walk boldly in this world and we can refuse to be refused by the limitations of this world. We can deny to be denied by the sicknesses of this world. Why? Because when we have the waters, the living waters, we have peace in our lives. Today, as we start this Passover, we urge, let us come and drink. The same Jesus, the same blood that saved is still saving today. May the God of grace, may the God of mercy, do us good. Let us be blessed. Amen.
6: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! John chapter nineteen, verses thirty says, "As." Soon as Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. When he was saying it is finished, he was saying that I've executed the great design of the Almighty. He was saying that I have satisfied the demands of justice. He was saying that I have accomplished what was written in with the prophets. He was saying that I have paid the ransom of man's debt. You know, a ransom is a price usually that is requested or is required by the oppressor or the rebel. In exchange of what is rightfully yours. He was saying that I have become whatever price that sin and death requires. He was saying that I have become the scapegoat that will take away all the blame. He was saying everything that sin and death puts on you, I am taking it away. He was saying that I have carried all the requirements of sin and death and have walked away with them. He was saying that he has pressed the reset button. All of us, we know that in the computer and in our gadget, we have a reset button. He was saying that whatever has happened before, I have now come to put a reset button. (laughs) Only Jesus can put a reset button. Jesus was declaring victory. He was announcing his advance against sin and death. You know, you can only declare victory over something you have authority upon in this world we know that only presidents and the chiefs of armies can be able to declare war against another country and only the presidents and the chief of armies when the army or the war has ended they can declare victory upon those countries because they would have subdued them and they would have overcame them jesus Jesus was saying that he was blowing the horn of triumph. He was announcing success against sin and death. He was declaring that God's love and righteousness and righteousness is firmly established in us. He was declaring victory upon immorality, sickness, disease, and lack. He was declaring that the main opponent has been subdued or neutralized. He was saying that sin and death has been subdued and has been neutralized. He said that I have seen Satan fall like a lightning. He was declaring the new covenant in Hebrews 8, 12, which that is in force, which says that I will be merciful to your unrighteousness and your sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. So today, brothers and sisters, celebrate, dance, sing Riaulebuha, because
0: it is finished to take us home and close us out with these seven words. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Tebu Hosimwai. Hallelujah!
7: And the seventh word is found in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I command my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Praying the prayer of the book of Psalms, chapter 31, verse 5. But when Jesus said this at the cross... And made it exceptionally lovely and significant is when he added the word Father. Father. Jesus proclaimed a relationship with God, his Father. That even at his darkest hour, even at his weakest moment, even when trials and tribulations were overwhelming him, he still saw God as Father. He never turned his back against his Father. He never was upset against his father, but indeed he called him, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. Jesus showed us on the cross how to die like a child sleeping in the father's arms. Though his death was painful, though his death was an excruciating pain, but yet he died peacefully knowing that it is finished. What a way to exit the world. For hours Jesus experienced a separation from God he had never known. At this point the feeling of rejection and being forsaken had left him because he knew that his father was coming for his rescue. What trust Jesus displayed here. When he gasped his final breath Jesus uttered the words of complete trust to his father, the words of faith, the words of assurance on the one who sent him. Now, before Jesus was crucified, no man had a way to go into heaven. But when he was crucified, he made a way for us. We can see also Stephen when he was also He looked up to heaven and he said, Jesus, accept my spirit. Now we can also live the same way that Jesus lives. To trust our lives in the hands of the Father. Now these are the hands that will never drop you. These are the hands that will never let you down. These are the hands of love and mercy when we need acceptance and forgiveness. These are the hands of feeling when we are in sickness and in pain. These are the hands of restoration. These are the hands that rebuild and reconstruct a broken life. These are the hands of provision when we are in lack and in poverty. These are the hands of salvation that his hand is not too short to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness. These are the hands of resurrection to anything that is dead in our life, any dream that is dead, any hope that is dead. In Jesus, in God's hands, these can rise again. So Jesus trusted the hands of God the Father with the sinful nature that he has inherited from the world. He knew that his Father would forgive him. He knew that his Father would accept him. So he cried out in a loud voice and saying, Father, into thy hands I command my spirit. To whose hands are you commanding your spirit today? Some trust in man, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, but cursed is he who trusts in man. So therefore Jesus cried out in the loud voice saying, Father, I command my spirit into thy hands. May you be blessed. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise friend. Come on, let's stand on our feet and bless the Lord. Let's praise Him for His goodness. Let's praise Him for His grace. Let's praise Him for His mercy. We thank our pastors for that powerful exhortation.